0: Oh, great to be here. Uh, uh, And I just want to honor your pastors, Phil and Julie. What a beautiful church. What a great vision. I can see hundreds and thousands of people eventually. I can see it. I could see it in my spirit when he was talking about it. Amen. And, uh, you know, God's doing an awesome thing, and you hang on to your vision and get behind it. You know, for many years I preached on the streets of King's Cross. Seven years, every Friday night—not seven weeks, not seven months—I did it for seven years, fifty-two weeks a year. I was so hungry. I got touched. I got saved when I was a kid, and then uh, I sort of went away for five or six years and went to a few parties and all that. Come on, you did too one day God said what are you doing Mark very gracious God always asks us asks a question he never destroys us he'll ask us a question when he wants to get our attention amen he said what are you doing with your life Mark when I have a great plan for you and then I came back and around the 80 1980, 81 that time and began to stir my heart again so I was four or five years away and not really away but just not in the will of God And so I got so hungry to see people saved. I used to go in with a bunch of people into King's Cross. I preached the gospel and everything that moved. You know, you remember that. And, you know, I saw hundreds of people saved. You don't have to be a great preacher to get people saved. You just have to be a mouthpiece. Amen? So you go do it and you watch. I saw people saved, hundreds of them. I saw people delivered from darkness. I saw miracles happen just by having a little bit of action with my faith. Amen? Well, it's great to be here. And I brought my wife, Joy, and Bethany, and Ellie, my daughters, and Sean, one of our great young guys in the church. And I want to talk to you tonight. I just felt the Holy Spirit said to me, this week or about two days back to talk to you about faith that invades the impossible. Is that cool? Faith that... Do you want to think about that for a minute? I don't know if you could print that up and put it up. That was my fault. But if you could think about that thought, faith that invades the impossible. Even thinking about it lifts your faith. Amen? And the Bible says in the book of Luke, uh, chapter one, verse thirty-seven. There's a beautiful scripture there. Oh, look at that! Isn't that awesome? Fantastic. Luke chapter one, verse thirty-seven, says. Let's quickly go there. It might, they might beat me up there. Tell me, have they beat me yet? No, they haven't. They, they're coming. There it is. It says, "For nothing is impossible with God." For nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. And so I want to talk to you about that tonight. I want to talk to you about faith that invades the impossible. Joe and I were in the city church for 18 years, and then around 1999, God began to speak to our hearts in consultation with our pastor about planting a church in Bondi, 26, seven churches have shut down in our area. So, you know, we we went out there. <laughs> I actually didn't think we actually knew what we were doing. <laughs> that brings a lot of people hope. Is that what was the? What did you do? I don't know. I just followed God. Amen. <laughs> Most of us do succeed. So, you know, we went out there and we started in a little scout hall. We we're in the beat in the surf club, and and then we've been there about a year or so, and. We ended up in this hotel at about 30 people. And one night we were in our home and I was I was bringing, I had a small team, about five or 10 people. You know, the church was, that was it. There were two kids in the kids' church and, you know, our kids. And, and that, that was it, you know, and small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, amen. God's up to something big. And uh, so what happened basically... We, we moved. The Holy Spirit told me, said, see that hotel there, the Swiss Grand Hotel? I want you to move the church in there. So we moved in there. It cost me $1,100 for three hours. And so one night we were preparing. I just had five leaders coming around to the house. I'm laying on the couch and I'm going, God, help me to motivate these people. Help me to, you know, inspire them. And the Lord spoke to me very powerfully and said to me, I want you to stop praying for that I'm, and I want you to pray for the impossible to happen in your life. Now, as I'm speaking to you tonight about this, God's going to speak to you about the impossible. Amen? So I'm I'm laying there and suddenly God visits me. I mean, He's he's with us, but he really just... Really says this thing to me, like that really took me by surprise. I want you to pray for the impossible. And I began to think, well, what do you mean? He said, well, that which seems impossible to you. So I began to think, and we, we had a situation. My mum's a beautiful Christian woman. She's now in a nursing home. She's actually praying in this very night. She's in her 90s. She got saved when she was six years old because someone was preaching on the street in Newtown when she was six. Someone, three Baptist men in grey suits, went out and preached gospel, and she got saved six years old. And so, you know, we grew, all grew up in the outback, and uh, what had happened over the years? My brother had come down to Sydney, and he'd married a woman who wasn't a Christian. And there was a great friction in our family and a great disappointment in my mum's heart. Now a lot of us go through this stuff, don't we? All of us. And so there was a, a a there was no one was talking and it was hard and he was hurt and his wife was hurt and we were hurt and Joy knows all about it and, and we were working through it and, and two weeks prior to that experience that night I'd said to God, This can never be sorted out. And I'm laying there and suddenly God says, pray for the impossible to happen. So I go, God, totally restore my brother and my mother. Now, they loved each other, but they just weren't talking. And restore this relationship with his wife. So that was the first thing. The second thing I was thinking about uh, was that I'd I'd hurt my knee playing sport. And they... When I played a lot of sport when I was younger. and they took all of my cartilage out of the left side of my knee. Who knows what the cartilage is? Yeah. Has anyone ever heard me talk about this? No. Good. Okay. They took all of the cartilage out of my left side of my knee, and my bones were rubbing. Right. I played a lot of league, and my bones. So I would live in pain. You know, the bones are yeah. Yeah. no comfort in there, <laughs> and and. I went to one doctor and he said, you're going to have to live on Panadol. That was really good news. And he said, well, maybe you could get a metal knee. And I was so young. I mean, I don't want to get a metal knee. I want to have fun. And so I said, I was laying there and every doctor I'd been said, "There's, there's no way to fix this. And I'm laying there and God says, believe me for the impossible for your knee that I can put a new cartridge in there. So I began, God, heal my knee. So that was good, that was number two. And then number three, I began to think about, we were in this hotel, we'd moved in there paying $1,100. We had to bring the gear in every week and set it up and the manager didn't like us. He was like Colonel Gaddafi. He was mean to us. He used to cancel our meetings. I mean, talk about, you need perseverance in the things of God, amen. So when I'm talking to you tonight, you, you're going to relate to this stuff. So, you know, and and he he, he was mean to us, we not he, Joy? And he'd cancel our meetings and all this money. And so I said, God, give us favor in this hotel. Do something miraculous. Do the impossible, like wear the head, not the tail, you know. We're not getting wagged around by everything, you know. So I prayed for these things. And I'm laying there and and God said to me, now these things seem impossible, but I can do this. So you know, I got so full of faith that I went into that little group and said, "God's going to do the impossible. God's going to do the impossible. God's going to God's going to restore my brother and mother and family. God's going to heal my knee. God's going to do something in the hotel." I'd heard from God. I'd had a visitation from God. I heard God speak to me. I got all excited. I was on fire and ready and said, "This is it. This is it." Two months, three months went by. Four months, five months. You know what? Nothing happened. In fact, things got worse. Got worse with my family. It got worse with my knee. The muscle faded on my leg. I looked like Pinocchio then. Things were tough at the hotel. And I woke up one morning. We were living in Maroubra. And the the Lord said to me, you know, Mark, as I woke up, he said, there's a defining moment. (laughs) There's a defining moment. And I woke up with this thought from God. There's a defining moment. There's a defining moment. So I jumped out of bed. There's a defining moment. Maybe it's going to happen on Sunday when when, when we're in worship or the guest preacher's preach. Something's going to happen in the church, you know. There's going to be a great breakthrough. There's going to be a great breakthrough with my leg. There's going to be a break breakthrough with my family. There's a defining moment. There's a defining moment. So week after week, I was saying, this is it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Two months went by. Three months went by. Nothing happened. Eight months went by. One day the Lord spoke to me very clearly. You know, and he, he sort of said to me in a joking sort of a voice, have you ever heard God sort of relate to you in your own way? Like sometimes God will say, don't be a sting. You know. Don't be mean. He'll say it in a way you relate, you know. Or, you know, come on, be nice, you know. He said to me, you know, Mark, the defining moment came when you decided not to give up. So your victory lies in the realm of faith, but you need perseverance. There's a story in Matthew chapter nine, Mark chapter nine, actually. Who knows the story here of the, the man that had this boy that was possessed? Let me read it to you, Mark chapter nine. He, are you cool with this? Is this good? Mark nine, seventeen. there was a bunch of crowd there and he said, what are you discussing? And one in the crowd said, teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit and whenever it seizes him it throws him down, it, he foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, it becomes rigid. I spoke to your disciples. They could cast it out, but they could not. And he answered said to him, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. I love that. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit in him convulsed. He fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, this is Jesus, how long has this been happening to him, he said. And the father said, from childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus saw the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit and said, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, convulsed out of him, and he became as dead. And people said, He is dead. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. This is an interesting story. You know, God knows exactly what you are facing. That's what I've discovered. He knows your pain. He knows your disappointment. He knows what people have done to you. He knows what the enemy's done to you. He knows everything that's going on in your life. This man had faced great disappointment. If you ever read between the lines of the Bible, we all go, you know, there was a guy with a boy that was had epileptic seizures and he was possessed by the devil. We just read over that. But can you think about the discouragement that this father went through week after week with no cure? Can you imagine what it was like when that boy would roll on the ground and try to kill himself and commit suicide. You know what I've discovered about God? He knows your pain. Come on, you need to hear that. He knows your pain. He knows what's going on and he he understands and he has compassion on you. And it's good for you to hear that, that God knows. You know, God knew how much pain I had in my knee. That's what I felt I, when I read this story. God knew how much disappointment we had in our family. You know, God doesn't just brush over you, oh, you've got a few problems, you'll be okay. You know, God knows every bit of disappointment, every hurt, everything that's gone on it, everyone that's rejected you. That guy that you went out on a date and he said, no, God knows your disappointment. God knows when someone hurt you at school. God knows when that boss was mean to you. God knows everything. And he loves you and and he wants to have compassion. This morning in our church, Joy got up and said, you know, God loves you. And you need to remember that. God does love you. Can you imagine the discouragement this guy's been through? Years of it. Years and years and years. Maybe, you know, hoping maybe this weekend's it. You ever gone to church or gone to a meeting and said, come on, you can get healed and you go up and you get prayed for and it seems like nothing's happening. I went through that for years. <laughs> but there's a defining moment. Come on. Come on, there's a defining moment. It seems like nothing happened, but it only seems like that. Because when you have faith, it will be okay. (laughs) How do I know that? Because when you have faith, all things work together for good for those who love God. Say that. Everything's working together for good for those who love God. (laughs) Interesting, isn't it? And so, you know, this father is facing great discouragement. Jesus asked him this question. How long has it been happening to him? (laughs) Why did he ask him a question like that? He wanted to draw him out. He He wanted him to share his discouragement. You know why you need the church? You need a relationship with God, not religion. But you need to come here and you need to share your stuff. You need to go to your connect group and you need to go to service And and you know, whoever's preaching at the end of the service, you hear a great message and you're having a cup of tea, share your heart. You know, this has been going on for years. Because when you share your heart, then God can invade your heart with faith. You don't get faith at the RSL club. Thank God for the RSL. They fought for our country. But you don't get faith at the surf club. Thank God they save people from drowning. The church is where you get faith. Come on, that's right. Love that. If I was up here, I'd be coming here. Because you've got to come where your faith is filled and where your faith is touched. So we asked him this question and he responds and said, you know, it's often thrown him into the water and into the fire. If you can believe and have com- do anything, have compassion on us, help us. He's, now he's crying out. Jesus said this, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I love that. Jesus is now trying to get his faith to invade the future. Your answer lies in your faith. You know what the Lord said to me last year? He said, Mark, you know how much money we need for a building? About 90 million. No one's ever built a church in Bonda. I'm going to do it. One day, lying on your bed, you'd give anything. To come back here, build a church in Tugra. take the challenge rise up let the warrior loose you can do it get behind the vision come on imagine to get imagine to get to the end of your life joy said now and you know you get to the end of your life and have regret i never got anyone saved i never did anything for god that is regret you braveheart? i love it one day lying on your bed I feel like getting a bit of paint on me come on make your life count put some fire in you put a bit of oath in you and a bit of passion get the power of God get some vision and one day lying on your bed you, you go I did it now I'm going home There'll be no regret, no regret. So Jesus begins to lift his faith. You know what this man needed? I've discovered this. He needed what I call a gift of faith. What is a gift of faith? Well, you know, suddenly a gift of faith is where God comes to you and gives you a gift of faith. It may be when your pastor is preaching. And he began to share the vision. Suddenly, your faith went from here to here. Maybe when your beautiful senior pastor's wife is preaching, and she says, "We can reach the women of this area," your faith goes from here to here. Right. My gift of faith came that night, laying on the couch. I didn't know how to get—I didn't know how to get beyond this knee problem and this situation in the hotel. I, I needed God to do something and he came and he did it and he wants to do it for you he wants to give you the faith you know I often hear this pastor say oh people come in and they're running around the church world don't run around the church world get in the church and stay there and have faith I got married to joy and I will be married till the end I'm not going anywhere I'm not running off with another woman. I'm only running off with her. Come on, come on. <laughs> we are committed to the end. I mean it. I'm not just pinching it. You make a commitment to a church and you stay there through thick and thin, through good days and bad. You ever seen a tree out there? Oh, it's a nice day today. As soon as it's raining, the tree doesn't pluck itself up, move over here. Oh, I'm going here because it's sunny. No, you stay there. When it's hailing and raining and windy, the thing's still there. You stay where you are. You stay in your marriage. Don't be a wimp. Just love her. Let her go shopping. That'll fix up. Come on, guys. Here's the greatest secret. You don't have to go spend 10,000 bucks some motivational guy to get it. Just let her go shopping. How many ladies love shopping? Woo! Just give her your money. You can't keep it anyway. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. I needed a gift of faith. Maybe your gift of faith is coming tonight when I'm preaching. Maybe it's coming in the morning when you got the CD on and Pastor Phil's preaching. Or maybe it's when you're singing that music. Today, I'm leaving all my troubles behind. You and you begin to rise up. Come on. Come on. That guy you're believing for, he's coming. That girl you believe for, he's coming. That house is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's about faith. Oh, yeah. Faith is the answer to all things. Yeah. That's what the Lord said to me, man. Faith is the answer to all things. But sometimes your faith needs a boost. It needs an injection. It needs a whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> you will grow here. God will bless you. It's all in faith don't ever miss a service because you might miss the gift of faith <laughs> my gift came that night notice it's man's response Lord I do believe but help my unbelief you know I've heard some people preach and really f- slam this guy listen Oh, you're just full of unbelief. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. He said said these words, I believe. What did he say? I believe. Most of us do believe. And people go, oh, you're just full of unbelief. No, 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 don't ever say that. I believe for my knee. I believe for the hotel. I believe for this and that. But I needed something. What did I need? I needed a gift of faith. I needed God to speak to me on that lounge chair. I needed a word from God. Oh, it's got an echo in here. You already believe you just need a little lift from the Holy Spirit how do you get it well you get alone with God and you hear from God and you come to the house of God and you put yourself where God can speak to you there's nothing wrong with you some people say the most terrible thing oh there must be something wrong with you say this there's nothing wrong with me stop belting yourself up people beat themselves up whoosh I used to when I was a kid oh I did some radical things I remember a bird got in our chook house one day and I got a big, long rubber pipe and I thought, I'm going to get him. And I'm lining him up. It's about 12 or 15 feet. And I ran over and went like this. I was a bit of a, wasn't a very nice young guy. Do you know what happened? I missed. And the, the hose wrapped around, came all the way around came right around and whacked me in the side of the head, flattened me. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. Oh, you know, said the wrong thing, did the wrong Stop that. Don't do that. Build yourself up. Say, build yourself up. Stop beating yourself up. God loves you. He'll always love you. Stop beating yourself up. Stop running, start, don't run away from God when you have a bad day, run to God. (laughs) Psalm 62 verse 8, trust him at all times. Not trust him sometimes, trust him at all times. He's got the plan, he's got the, the presence and the power, he's got the, he can do anything. Trust him at all times, pour out your heart before him. Don't run from God, run to God. He would go, I was full of unbelief. No, it doesn't say that. He said, Lord, I believe. Sometimes in your walk, you're just going to need God to speak to you. My gift came that night. Let me tell you what happened. Do you want to know what happened? I think it was eight to 10 months later. Just shows you, you can be so close. Don't give up. Your defining moment when you don't, give up the Bible speaks about this word perseverance God will do it don't give up say this don't give up don't throw away your confidence Psalm uh, Hebrews ten thirty five. you have need of endurance it says don't throw away your confidence and then it says you have need of endurance you know we often ask God how, how's God going to do this this is what Mary said how, how's this going to happen listen none of us know how You're not supposed to know how. He's God. You aren't. But I've discovered the how is written in a word called perseverance. Keep going. So about eight to ten months, eleven months, I get a phone call. Now, I'm going to be really serious with you for a little minute. Is that all right? So I get a phone call. My brother rings me. He said, Mark, I've got some bad news. I'll be diagnosed with stomach cancer, bowel cancer. we went together I rang mum cut a long story short they were totally reconciled through that sickness he died and went to heaven sometimes things happen we don't understand but out of it his wife's now in church and his daughter, one of his daughters has gone to the Salvation Army and the other two are really considering God. Sometimes except a corner we fall to the ground and die, it bears fruit. Don't don't try and work out when something happens that you don't understand. you just got to trust God. He went to heaven because he loved the Lord. Got saved at our wedding. We've been married 21 years. He never told me he got saved for a long time but they got reconciled. Because when you pray, God touches a possible situation, you you don't know how the answer's going to come. The second thing happened is that I was sitting at home one day and the the Holy Spirit said to me, turn the TV on, it was around 630 current affair I just heard the Holy Spirit now let me just say this the Holy Spirit does three things the Holy Spirit is not a spooky spirit he's the Holy Spirit amen he will speak to you that's how you walk your Christian walk you listen to the Holy Spirit amen and if you don't know the Holy Spirit get someone in the church to explain who the Holy Spirit for you then lay hands on you'll get the Holy Spirit amen there are two experiences in the Christian worlds. The first one is when you receive Christ and you're born again. The Holy Spirit comes into you. Okay? There's a second experience in the book of Acts where the Bible uses this term, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. There was a manifestation of power. They spoke in other tongues. Happened to me in 1978. One is in and one is upon. One is the indwelling presence, the other is a a manifestation of the power upon your life Okay, three things the Holy Spirit does, he helps you, he comforts you and he guides you in all truth that's what he'll always do he helps you, he comforts you and he'll guide you in all truth, you can't lose for winning if you understand the Bible amen it might be true that you're sick but the truth is you will get healed or God will work it out for good. It might be true that now you're in debt, but the truth is God will provide all your needs according to his riches in glory. It might be true that you might be alone and deserted at the moment, but he will give you the desires of your heart. That's the truth. Amen? So the Holy Spirit doesn't beat you up, doesn't want to kick you, doesn't want to whack you, just wants to comfort you, help you and guide you in all truth even when you really mess up he will comfort you help you and guide you in all truth who oh, is it that simple yeah he loves you say this comfort me help me guide me in all truth when you're driving home tonight you'll hear the holy spirit speak to you he'll comfort you help you and guide you in all truth a lot of people don't do that god will Amen. So, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, "Turn the turn the TV on." Yeah, God, the God of the universe said, "Turn the TV on." Yeah, God does that stuff. You know, when we were single, the Holy Spirit said to her, "She said, Lord, I'm sick of waiting. Hold calf. Who who you've ever got for me? Didn't you, honey?" And and you know what the Lord said to her, even if it's Mark Horan. See, when this must be a test. <laughs> now she loves me, though. We, we we're really in love. We don't. We're not just putting on a show. We really love each other. I mean, really love each other. Amen. So. So the Holy Spirit says, "Turn the TV on." I turn the TV on, and and there's a doctor in Melbourne who's found a way to grow knee cartilage. (laughs) So I get the number. It's got the number. I wrote it down. I go down and see him. I take my X-rays down, and he says, "He says, yeah, well, I've got to have a look at an MRI, and I have a look in your knee." And so I have. It takes me six months to get back. You know, I go back with the MRI. God, it's so perfect. It's so amazing. I go back with the MRI and he looks and he said, yeah, I think I can do this. And he said, you must be really lucky. He said, this eight, uh, operation's $18,000. was up to two weeks ago. Now it's two and a half to three. <laughs> Health fund, thank God. Perfect. So he goes in, takes a little bit of my cartilage, That's left, not much left in there. Regraze it, cuts my knee up, sticks it to the bone. And now I'm walking around, I ain't living on panadol. And I haven't got a metal knee. See, all things are possible. And the third thing is this. Here we go. You ready? So we're having a hard time in this hotel. So I, I pray this, and joy prays, I mean cuz God God really hears a wife's prayers and she prays God do something help us to do. you know she prays all these deep prayers I pray God you got to do something 3 weeks later this Asian guy turns up in the meeting sitting in the meeting he's looking at me and he says to the deacon can I have lunch with the pastor so we go out we go upstairs in the hotel and and he's sort of ordering everyone round and you know acting like the big wig and shouted us a nice lunch actually. it was very nice very expensive and he says, uh, he says, tell me the vision. I said, God sent me here. There's churches have struggled here. We're going to grow a church here over the next few years. And you know what? And I told the whole thing. Then I said to me, well, he said, let me tell you my vision. I was a retired businessman. Well, I said, I don't want to retire. I want to just keep doing something for God. And I asked God for something to do. And I got a phone call and I to come over and take this company over. And we own this hotel. My face went whoopee. And I, I said, does that mean you're over the manager? He went, yeah. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, our people had to pay to come to church, park their cars. We are paying $1,100. We, we had nowhere to store the gear, nowhere for kids, all this stuff. So he went to the whole, he went to the manager and he worked our deal and he came back and said, this is it. We're going we're gonna to get you a discount on parking. We're going to cut your rent down from $1,100 to $750. They didn't wipe out everything. You know what I mean? then he gave us a room for the kids they gave us a storage room and and he said something to the manager he said if you don't look after this pastor he alluded to you won't be working here oh and i got a three thousand dollar office three thousand a month which is probably no i got it for a dollar a month Ask yourself: Is your faith lifting? Come on, is your faith lifting? <laughs> so we have a four thousand dollar office, hundred meters from Bondi Beach, and we hardly pay anything for it. And I've been there for eight years now, and now I'm friends with the new owner. <laughs> You see, all things are possible if you just believe. There is a great plan for your life. You can meet your partner. You can do something great. Miracles can happen. Healings can take place. And where God decides to take your loved one home, you just got to trust him. Because the ultimate healing is to be released from this world. All things are possible. Jesus said in John 19, verse 30, he said, it is finished. Who knows that scripture? John 19, verse 30. Who knows that scripture? He said, it is finished. Let me ask you a question. Did he say you're finished? Did he say you're finished? No, he said, stop thinking you're finished. It is finished. What's it? You have an access to God. Well, you can believe God for the supernatural. He didn't say you're finished. He said it. Everyone say it. You need to remind yourself of that. It is finished. What's it? There's a way in. There's a way out. (laughs) There's a way over. You got God on your side. I mean, here we are. Now, I went from being... Knocked around to being like walk around that hotel like. (laughs) I went from limping around to walking around. I saw my family, and I've seen miracles and people say, "Why?" Because God lifted my faith. I didn't get proud in it either. You know, every time, absolutely. Don't get too proud. Just, just humbly. So that was you, Lord. And I want to close tonight with this story. Is this cool? Yeah. 7.33. I, I don't preach long. You know why? Because I once sat in a meeting where I grew a beard. <laughs> I'm being led by the Spirit. Yeah, but if a young guy in my church says that to me, I, I never let him preach again. been asked to do an offering and the pastor said three minutes, that's two two minutes 58, okay Submission is a great thing Mark chapter 4 verse 35 we're going to finish with this are you blessed tonight? Amen Mark chapter 4 verse 30 35 Jesus said this on the same day of the evening had come, he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side. When they left their boat, the multitude went along with him in the boat. He was in the other boats. He was in the boat, and there were other little boats with him. And a great windstorm arose. The waves beat on the boat that was filling with water. He was in the stern asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? He arose, rebuked the wind and the sea, and said, Peace be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How it is you have no faith? They feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And then chapter 5, verse 1 says, And they came to the other side. Certain commands in the Bible. What are the commands in the Bible? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Don't kill, don't... Certain commands in the Bible, I believe he was giving them a command here. let's go over to the other side. He said it's written in red, let 's go over to the other side. okay? Let me give you a thought. God has never destined you to fail. God does not Destine you to fail I mean you have a bad day But you have a flat tire And you have the flu And you kick the dog And your things don't go well at home I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the big picture God hasn't destined you to fail Let's go over to the other side So they're taking the journey And they get in the boat And the storm breaks out Oh we're gone It's over You know what When I became a Christian I discovered I had more challenges Come on I mean do you want me to finish now? or do you want me to just go on. To, I just want to give you this. Oh, you know what? Stuff came into my boat. I had to deal with me. I had to deal with the devil. There was a lot of stuff came up and you go, well, you know before I was in the church it was Ka Sarah. Listen, this stuff was in you now God's trying to deal with it. Take a tea bag. It's a Tedley, it looks great. Ooh, it's a Tedley. It's a morning bread. Oh looks great. Smells great. Oh, see Brad Pitt, he looks great, looks fantastic, looks awesome. He walks and talks and he's got a mobile phone, drives a sports car, and you know, see that girl there, she's got, you know, skinny legs like matches and you know she'd never have a problem in the world. She looks great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you dunk her in hot water. See what's inside her. You don't really know what's inside you until you're in hot water. You don't know what's in a teabag until you put it in hot water. You can look great on the outside. Oh, you know, he plays rugby league. I've met some of the league players. Some of them have got more problems than you ever imagined. They look great. They're a Tetley teabag. (laughs) Morning breakfast. I'm an Earl Grey. I hate Earl Grey. Tea with aftershave in it, that's what it is. You look great, and you come into the church. Here you come, Mrs. Tetley, Mr. Tetley, and then the church is full of the Holy Spirit, full of the hot water of the Holy Spirit. And it's coming out of the pastor and he's pouring it into your life. And She's pouring it into your life, and suddenly all the good comes out. Yeah, there's faithfulness and this and that. There's vision, and then there's some other stuff in there. Ooh! (laughs) See, if you don't come to church and get the other stuff out, you look great, but you're you're full of junk. You're just full of stuff. Bad attitudes, jealousy, envy. Ooh, yucky, yucky. You need to get in here and get dunked. You need to get baptized. That's a start. Push you under. We'll leave you under there for a while. (laughs) How does God fix you? don't you, refines you, gets all the stuff and you just keep coming. I don't want to come anymore. Well, you don't want to get rid of all the stuff out of you. You don't want to, you don't want the sweet smelling aroma to come out. You want to keep all that yucky stuff in there. You should be in church every Sunday. Or well, you only come every month. I just get dunked once a month. Well, you're just going to be a mess. Yuck. May God deal with you. This is your defining moment. So water's filling the boat. They're going, it's over, we're finished. No, the Bible doesn't say you're finished. It says it is finished. He gets up and says, where's your faith? You should have jumped out and spoke to that storm. You should have believed me that I could do it. He had to do it for them. Why was he asleep? Why does God seem asleep in your life? We're going to finish here because he's trying to get you to use your faith and invade the impossible. You see, you're not going under, you're going over. The Bible says, and they came to the other side. Say this, I'm not going under. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I'm going over. No, I'm really going over. I mean, I'm Scottish. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I'm not sad. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna arrive at that place. I'm gonna prevail because God is on my side. I'm not going under. I'm going over. Say that. I'm not going under. I'm not going under in my business. I'm going over. I'm not going under in my marriage. I'm not going under in my health. I'm going over. Finish! You're just beginning! Praise the Lord. (laughs) Stand to your feet.